helping families be happy. Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familius Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. And now I'm happy to introduce today's guest, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. Dr. Carla Marie Manley is a practicing clinical psychologist, author, and advocate who makes her home in Santa Rosa, California. Utilizing a mindfulness-based holistic approach, Dr. Manley focuses on helping others achieve joy and balance from the inside out. Dr. Manley is the author of Aging Joyfully, A Woman's Guide to Optimal Health, Relationships, and Fulfillment for Her 50s and Beyond, Joy from Fear, Create the Life of Your Dreams by Making Fear Your Friend, and the upcoming Date Smart, Transform Your Relationships and Love Fearlessly. Dr. Manley, welcome. Thank you for joining us. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much. Now, since I know you, is it okay if I, if I call you Carla for this podcast? Yes, please. Everyone calls me Carla. It's good. All right. Well, we are grateful that you joined us and that uh, we have so much to talk about, about this new book that you're coming out with. Now, let me, let me just share a little bit from the introduction and a review that I, I read about your book. So in the introduction, you write, quote, this book is all about helping you discover and embrace the concepts of healthy dating and healthy relationship building. And then this review says, Dr. Carla Marie Manley manages to strip away the chaos and mixed messages to give readers clear, authentic tips and tools for creating healthy relationships. Date Smart is the book to help daters of every age and gender find genuine, lasting relationships. Seems very clear and some great promises there, but help us understand, um, why did you feel the need to write this book? Such a perfect question. And I was about to start on a different book for Familius, of course, and something came to me. It was as though every client I was working with, every person that I was meeting outside of my clinical practice was having some sort of dating issue. The universe was sending me all these people who were just having one problem after another. I'd pick up a magazine or a newspaper article and there were issues about dating problems and how the world has become so difficult for, for people to find a good match. And so I paused and I thought, I'm being sent this message for a reason. I should really take note. And so I decided to craft a book about how to date in intelligent ways, how to date and how 
not to date, so to speak, because what I really find is we have some little um, adages. People will, will say, you know, I know I need to love myself before I date, but what does that mean? Or something like, I've been dating the same person again and again and again in a different body. I just seem to get into the same relationship dynamic. Or people will say, oh, why bother getting married? Most marriages end in divorce. And what I realized, it's not the marriage that's the problem. It's not the type of of person necessarily that's the problem. It is the fact that people are not being taught the basics of how to look at who they are and how to look at what they want in life so that they can go forward with a really strong foundation and create healthy dating practices based on healthy self-awareness. Okay, well, maybe we should get right into that. But, be, but before we do, you know, I have, uh, have one of my children, a son who um, is in his 20s. And he said to me, you know, Dad, I, I, I just don't want to date right now. And I, is that okay? What if we don't want to date? That's such a good question. And it is something that I focus on in Date Smart, where that's part of the turning inward process. There are times, whether because you're having an emotionally stressful period in your life, maybe you're going through a lot of changes, perhaps you um, are out of a difficult relationship. There are definitely times where it's important for us to turn inward and pause and not date, to spend that time in self-reflection, in maybe healing, in good self-care. And when we do that and really take the time to pay attention to the inner world, then we can, when and if we are ready to find a partner, we can then move forward in really mindful, conscious ways, not trying to find somebody because our parents or our siblings say that we should, but finding someone because we are ready and we have that desire to find a healthy partner it's and to be a healthy partner. It sounds like whenever we do something deliberate, that, that, that's okay. We're, we're, we're learning, we're taking time, we can focus on different things. We don't always need to just go out and date. So that's, I think that's good for readers to understand that, that this book has a lot to offer. Um, okay, now if I remember right, um, when you created your first draft of this manuscript, you showed it to many different age groups. And um, from, uh, from the Gen Zs, Gen Xs, to Millennials, to, and, and I'm wondering, what was most surprising to you about the feedback you received as different age groups read this book? What was really surprising to me is how well received it was by the 40 and 50 population, the 30 population, how the 20 year olds and, and you know, some, some who were older teens, young adults, thought that they wanted to have, in fact, gave me feedback, we wanted to have facts. We want there to be some research behind this. And so it was interesting how the people in the, let's say, older segment of the dating population really gravitated toward it, as did the millennials. But some of the younger ones wanted it to be a little, a little more um, pushy, so to speak, maybe a little more, um, more intelligent 
intelligence based. And so, and when I say that, I'm talking about research intelligence. And so I did weave a lot of research into it. And in fact, um, I had, when I just, just finished the final PDF revisions, I was so grateful that I had really taken the time to go in and read it as if I was approaching it for the very first time, as if it was a manuscript that somebody had given me as a clinician. And so I took the opportunity to really refine it and make it as warm and approachable for someone who's 20, as somebody who is 30, 40, 50, who might be out of a, a long-term marriage. And somebody might say, well, how can you do that? How can you reach so many age ranges with one book. And I think that there is an art to that. And because I work with people of all ages, I work with, you know, people who are 19, and I work with people who are 69. And so I'm the same person, I talk the same way. And so I did that in Date Smart. I didn't want to talk down to anyone. I did not want to be condescending, but I did want to be straightforward and honest and reassuring because indeed, no matter what age you are, the principles of healthy dating are still there. You need to know who you are. You need to love who you are, your strengths and your weaknesses. You need to want to work on your weaknesses so that they don't become impediments in a relationship. You And it's important to know your values. It's important to know what your have-nots and haves are, you know, what you must have, what you must not have in a relationship. And when you are armed with that self-awareness, you can go out and date in healthy, straightforward ways. And that is what is missing so much in today's world. Many of the dating as book teach many of the dating books in today's world teach you how to grab someone, how to, you know, get the perfect guy or get the perfect girl, so to speak, you know, I'm putting those perfect in quotes. But really, to me, that's not what a long term healthy relationship is about. It's about being your authentic self, a person who's willing to work on constantly evolving and being able to offer that to another person so that the two of you can meet you know in the middle and and continue to scaffold continue to work with each other to become ever better people ever better partners and so as i spoke to millennials i was able to say without judgment take a look at what's working for you and let's use sexuality as an example. If hypersexuality, if one night stands or hookups as they're called are not working for you and you're waking up and you're feeling bereft and lonely and not in touch with yourself, not feeling your value, pay attention to that. Dial it back, pause, look at why you've been engaging in that behavior. And if it's not working for you, dial it back. Check in with your morals, check in with your values, check in with what you consciously want from a relationship, and then let it be known to people you're dating. If you're after a long-term commitment, don't be shy about that. Be able to say, hey, I'm not into a one-night stand. I am into someone who really wants to get to know me and love me and care about me. Conversely, if you're the kind of person who is after a fling, be straightforward about that. Don't lead people astray. Say, hey, this is what I'm after. And if the other person isn't up for that, then they can both agree to 
go their own ways. And so I'm really asking and encouraging people to evaluate what it is they really want in a love relationship. Because if you're after finding love, you will generally not find it in random relationships. I think what you just said there is very important. If you're after love, you will probably not find that in random relationships. So again, mm-hmm. so much information here. Let's take another uh, topic. <laughs> I have another son and uh, he has, he seems to have really um, maybe illusionary ideals of, of his, uh, of his future spouse and uh, his really high expectations. And an example is that he said to me, well, I'm just looking for an Italian ninja chef. Uh, an Italian ninja chef. That's that's pretty narrow. So help us understand how do we manage these? The, you know, we're we're bombarded with what we think that the the ideal of perfection is, or what we should be looking for. How do how do we deal with that as we're looking to date and find a love relationship? It's again another perfect question because you're getting to my mode of, you know, the style in which I write. I love self-help books, but where many self-help books fall down is they don't guide people into how to shift. So one of the many beauties of Date Smart is that it guides individuals such as your son into looking at what your expectations are. Look at what your expectations are of yourself Look at what your expectations are of a dating partner. I ask people to write it down. Readers will write, write, write down all of these um, responses so that they can see, hmm, if I want to date an Italian ninja chef, what does that look like? And you're right, that is fairly, a fairly myopic <laughs> a myopic view. So what he might find out as he's working on one of the exercises in the book, he might find, well, you know, I really want somebody who is honest, who is truthful, who wants two children, who enjoys pets, who likes fitness. So we will spend so much time creating a grocery store list or making cookies, you know, and getting all the right ingredients, but we often don't slow down to do that when we want a partner. And so what I would encourage, you know, and that's is to, again, to answer your question, I actually ask people to jump in, to dive in to some of their preconceived notions, to explore them, to get clarity on them, because the greater clarity you have, whether it's the type of job you want, the type of relationship you want, or the type of dinner you want to make, the greater clarity you have, the more success you'll have in achieving a good outcome. And so that also helps us with, with, the, with what you were asking about the, these ideals we have. We are so used to the media presenting us with these whitewashed, idealized versions of men, women, and relationships. Real relationships take work. They are not perfect. And that is why it is so important to do some self-exploration to see what it is you really want on a real level. And that it is also about looking at the characteristics within yourself, as well as those you want in another person, and how important it is to make sure that you're including in that list characteristics about the person's values. 
about their code because that's where so many relationships fall down. You might find the person who's a beautiful Italian and a great chef and she, you know, kickboxes like a ninja. But what happens if she doesn't want children and you do? Or if she's very messy and you're not, or if you're religious and she's an atheist, or if you're very honest and she has no problem being dishonest, if you're monogamous and she wants to have one night stands with every cute Italian walking down the street, right? So it's so important to look. And as we do that, as we distill some of our fantasies and bring them down into reality, we definitely get a sense of what it is that we want, but also what it is we have to offer. Yeah, so th that's very helpful. I like th that you said the word work, right? Um, uh. Nothing works unless you do. And it, my wife and I uh, met in, um, it, we got married 30 years ago. And I don't know how much we knew about each other, but we, we dated for a, almost a year and then got married and we had many of the, we found out that we had many of the same values and the same interests. And it's been remarkable about how, how many are similar. But one thing I've, I've learned is um, that every day is, is a form of work in, in, in developing this relationship with her over 30 years. I, I've had to, and probably she's had to do a lot more work than I've had to, but I, I've had to, to, to work and to try to, to be the person that, you know, really, benefits or really is the person that that she deserves um, because she's such a great person and I and one of the most the challenges we've had is communication you know learning how to communicate I'm wondering if there's uh, you know three or four uh, points that you could give our listeners of how to be an effective communicator in their relationship um, such a good point, and it is something that I cover quite a lot in Date Smart. I and because I believe that poor communication is one of the biggest issues in relationships. And what I ask people to do is, you know, let's we'll stick with three points. One is really think before you speak. Really think. So, um, and that might may sound obvious, but so many times people are sarcastic or they are coming home from a long day and they see their partner and they, you know, take things out on the partner. What I really ask people is pause for a minute, think about what you're going to say and how it will land on that other person. Look them in the eyes and, and really see that person. And if you're about to say something that's going to be harmful or hurtful or not helpful, right, don't say it because it is our responsibility, as far as I'm concerned, to show up in our relationships in ways that do no harm. If we can't benefit someone we love, at least do no harm. So that is the first thing, because it's something I work with a lot in the world of couples therapy, where people will come to me and they'll say, oh, my husband's constantly being sarcastic and he says it's just a joke. Or my wife, you know, pokes at me about this or that. Why are you doing that? right? If you have to say something, at least say something kind. And so that's, I think that's a really important first step. The other piece that I think is also important is the value of I messages, that in learning to say, I feel hurt. I feel sad. I feel angry when you don't call to let me know you're going to be late. I'd prefer if you would call me. 
So speaking in I, because a lot of times people will resort to name calling or you're this or you're no good. And that doesn't do anything to heal. Whereas an I message, if done well, says, I feel this, I would prefer that right? And so you can actually use it to learn and connect. I think the other thing, third, that I think is very important is to slow down, not to multitask when you are listening to someone. We're all very busy and it's very tempting to look at the computer and cook and, you know, look at your phone and text. But if there is someone in your life you love, be it the person you're dating, be it your, your spouse, be it your child, to me, there's nothing more wonderful than being able to look somebody eye to eye and give them your wholehearted attention. And so I think those are three of my top tips um, for healthy communication. There are lots more and there, there are more in the Date Smart book. But I also wanted to say, Christopher, that the piece that you said about work, um, there's a, a real gay quote that is one of my favorites. And I went back to the letter from where it was pulled and got the more of the quote. And I wanted to read it because it's so true. And interestingly enough, there's a piece I hadn't paid attention to before that I, that, um, I thought was really meaningful. And it says, for one human being to love another, that is perhaps the most difficult of all our tasks, the ultimate, the last test and proof, the work for which all other work is but preparation. Only in this sense, as the task of working at themselves, to hearken and to hammer day and night, might young people use the love that is given them. And that second part is one that I hadn't seen before and was so glad that I read, read the entire letter because it is so important to work at the self, to hearken and hammer day and night. Isn't that just exquisite? And that is the essence of Date Smart. And I only found that second part of, of that quote, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I knew the other part, you know, for years. And so it is really the essence of how I believe um, we can best approach relationships by really working on who we are. And me, you know, some people look at me and say, oh, well, your life must be perfect. Well, of course not. No matter how old I am and how much experience I have, I would hope I am, you know, hammering my being into, with a gentle hammer, of course, into an ever better version every day because there's always so much to learn and that is one of the things that I remind readers that this work of dating of relationships in general is one that and as you said with your wife if we take it seriously we don't so much find it a burden as a pleasure to constantly grow and evolve we are so quick to do that for external pursuits you know getting the great job or having a fit body but why we sometimes push back against doing that in relationship is a mystery to me. I love what you just said about be in the moment, uh, learn I statements, um, you know, take time to think before you say something. We call that um, from Dr. Ron Melman, one of the familiar authors of the uh, ADHD series uh, for kids called Marvin's Monster Diary. He calls it ST4, stop, take time to think. And uh, I, I love, he said, do no harm. You know, we, we can all embrace those ideals and, and do better.
Well, we're going to let absolutely. We want the people to. We could talk for hours about all the information and all the things that are in this book that will help us in our dating relationships. I date my wife every week, every Friday night. We go on a date night, and that's important. So even though you might not be married or might not have a committed relationship yet, um, you're dating. If you do have a long-term relationship and you are married, you, you still need to be dating. All these these principles that we're learning with Dr. Carla Marie Manley are applicable to where we are in our in our dating relationships, uh, particularly on helping ourselves become the kind of person that someone would want to spend their life with. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I had to, there is this funny, funny quote that a religious leader said uh, that I heard. He said, it, it was, he was speaking to a bunch of men and he said, if there were such a perfect woman out there that you wanted to marry, do you really think she'd be that interested in you? <laughs> so funny. Well, well, and that idea too, is that if we work on ourselves and believe, not that we're perfect, but that we are doing the work to be good people, our self-esteem grows. Right. We feel better about who we are. We're, we're kinder to ourselves. And when we do make mistakes, as we all do, we can be a lot more forgiving and, and learn and move forward. Right. Well, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Now, where can our guests find you? Uh, Dr. Carla, C-A-R-L-A, Manley, M-A-N-L-Y, drcarlamanley.com. I'm on Facebook at drcarlamanley.com, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all the same, Dr. Carla Manley. And of course, you are welcome to look at my familiar books. I just love love them and love having familius the familius brand behind me because um talk about values being you know in accord with each other it's it's very nice and so those are aging joyfully uh my first book joy from fear and the upcoming book date smart well you and i need to reconnect and do a podcast on joy from fear because i think there's a lot of fear out there right now and i think we could we could explore that. So we'll reconnect on that and let our listeners know when that's happening. Well, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you subscribe to the podcast and left us a review on iTunes and social media. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you choose a book from Familius Publishing. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together, we laugh together. 